0: join us for episode 112 of sci-fi tv rewatch my name is dave and i'm joined as always by my co-host wayne as we continue our analysis of james cameron's cyberpunk thriller dark angel starring jessica alba michael weatherly and ashley scott and dude we got three days to go man just three i know counting
1: down counting down the hours as ted leo said but uh this could be
0: the longest three days of the year Man, I'm telling you, because not to belabor the point, but uh, with all the weather-related cancellations, this last week has really screwed up, for yeah,
1: sure. Yeah, like, okay, so I'm a teacher, and so I really refrain from bitching about, you know, because sure. I know other people work all year long, you know, and everything, so I don't... Uh, yeah, Our lives. Right, exactly, for example. Um, so I, I refrain from the, oh, I can't believe we gotta go another week, but... That being said, the kids are keenly aware that this is like overtime and they're not having it, you know, like yeah. this, this week has been rough so far. Yeah. We're fine being there. Yeah. It's just, yeah. anyway,
0: anyway, we'll yeah. leave it at that. Uh, all right. Well, listen, we'd love to hear from you via email at sci-fi TV rewatch at gmail.com or at the website where you can leave a voicemail via the speak pipe tab. You can record your own audio clip and send the mp3 as an attachment or just send us a tweet at SciFi tv rewatch and as always we'd encourage you to consider joining the facebook group and join the discussions there and you know finally wayne and i would really appreciate it if you get the chance to head on over to itunes and give us hopefully a five-star rating which will really help the podcast visibility you know, I,
1: I forgot that we had made uh joining the group mandatory uh i, I, I was oh, supposed right. to enforce that this week and, and i didn't so okay Everyone out there listening, it's I'm cracking down now. Join the Facebook group, or
0: be cut off. Well, yeah, and you know what? One of the discussions that really got going this week had to do with Dark Matter, which debuted on Sci-Fi this past Friday night, and I liked it a lot. I mean, did, did I think it was great? I mean, it had some flaws, but I, I certainly liked it enough to come back for episode two. Um, yeah,
1: you know, I I didn't watch it because I just. I'm not at all interested in picking up a new show. You know, I'm actually kind of feeling a little exhausted from, (laughs) it sounds so lame, I know. But uh, I don't really feel exhausted. But it's just like, I'm kind of doing podcasting and being up on sci-fi. You know, it's a lot. You put a lot of hours into it and it stops, sometimes it starts to feel like I'm not really enjoying this because like, you know, maybe I'm, I'm always analyzing and not enjoying so much anymore.
0: Well, yeah, and I think we both keep getting asked about Wayward Pines, right? Right. Which I haven't picked up, but like you said today, you haven't discounted it. You just don't have exactly. time Exactly, and uh, we have a lot of people who are people whose
1: opinions I respect who keep saying it's like a must-see type thing, so I don't know. We'll see. I'd have to go back and watch on demand, which means I have to watch commercials, which I don't know about that, so I don't know. We'll see, but that being said- I finally watched the uh season premiere of Defiance last night and it was really the first time I saw trailers or, or uh, commercials for um Oh, what are we talking about? Dark, Dark Matter, right? Dark Matter. Dark Matter. And uh I'm like, Wow, that, that actually looks pretty good. Though it does look like a lot like the hundred kind of it seems from
0: well, and it's also got elements of Farscape, uh, you know, Andromeda. I mean, and you know, I know a lot of people are comparing it to Firefly because they feel like some of the lines in it are, are similar. And I, I, you know, I didn't really get that. I mean, is there a character that could be Jane? Yeah, but it, it seems like that kind of character is in almost every space. Sure. Uh, Odyssey. So I'll so I'll admit but, uh, that it finally actually
1: watching the commercials for it or catching the last two seconds of each commercial um which is really they what you need to do right you need to end with kind of a zinger image like right before because that's where people are going to stop when they're fast forwarding on their dvr right so if they see that last image that looks cool and with dark matter they have like this girl in blue hair kind of landing on her knees or something and then she kind of looks up menacingly um Oh, it's a pretty cool shot, and
0: uh, you know, so I might, I might actually go and check it out. We'll see. Yeah, well, Defiance came back last Friday on a, with a two hour season premiere, eight to ten, and it did fairly well, one point one million viewers, 0.2 share. And uh, again, it is it just we don't we won't offer any spoilers, but you know, really, it, it was a very strong episode dark matter did even better at 10 p.m 1.279 million for a 0.3 share obviously we add to the mix next week killjoys so uh friday nights are going to be hopping yeah, on sci-fi i, I like
1: the, the during the year it's kind of neat uh the friday night sci-fi thing because like my the kids always have hockey games on friday you just come home and you know you got at least two good sci-fi shows waiting for you in the old inbox when you get home so it's
0: comforting yep and i I thought about posting a link on Twitter and the Facebook group about filming for the new X-Files series, but it's pretty spoilerish. I'm not going to do it. If you really want to know, just I'm sure you can find it, but there's really a, what seems to be a big plot point reveal. I'll just leave it at that. So, so. did
1: you see how much uh, the season finale of Game of Thrones, how many people watched that?
0: Uh, I did. It was like yeah, 8 million. Yeah, like it's their so, most
1: ever. Like so while so many of the shows that we talk about, every year their viewership declines or spikes again with the season premiere and then declines throughout the season, um, more people were watching Game of Thrones at the end of the season this year than before and more people watched the first episode this year than watched the last episode the year before. And this is the year you decide to give it up, dude.
0: I I know. Well, you know what? It's not going to matter because what NFL season's like three months away. I don't think Georgia R. R. Martin can write another book in I three know. months. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm still on the last book, so
1: I I still can't. I'm still trying to figure out like where because there there are some divergent points, obviously, and there always have been kind of, um, but it's it's really gotten um, much different. It seems this season. But I, I, I'm not sure yet, so I've got to finish up this last book. But, and, um, but yeah, I don't think the next one is going to be forthcoming before the next season is. So
0: you know, they're just, I don't know, I guess they're going to write their own book here, they're, write their own ending. Well, listen, we, we did get some listener feedback this week, and we heard from Dan again. And he says, something came up on your previous Dark Angel review that I feel inclined to comment on. Contrary to popular opinion, I feel there are too many strong female characters on television to the point that the writing has suffered and the character type has almost become a cliche, especially among genre shows. It's like there's a network mandate to have strong female leads and the current crop feels watered down and generic. I know that television has its trends and everything is eventually recycled, so it could just be this that I'm noticing, but I haven't found the characters of the last few years to be as compelling as the ones I watched in my youth. Buffy Summers, Dana Scully, Sydney Bristow, Veronica Mars, etc. Compare Joss Whedon shows, for instance. I think he created more compelling female protagonists in Firefly than he's done in Agents of Shield. And you know, I agree with everything Dan said. I think there are a lot of female heroes that are compelling for me right now, but but I definitely agree that it, it, we we do seem to be going overboard a bit. I would say overboard in that. I think a lot of shows have female
1: characters. I think the key word there is strong female characters. though, And strong not mean like she's a strong woman who stands up for herself. I mean like compelling is, is the word I think you just used. And I think those are still pretty few and far between,
0: you know? Yeah, like you said, there are tons of them that have strong female characters. But, you know, is the, the lead character, the, the character around which the show is right. built – you know, you know, like Buffy Summers, Dana Scully, Sydney Bristow, Veronica Mars, all of those would, would qualify. Do we see that now? And I think the answer in a lot of cases is yes. Does it impact my enjoyment of the shows? No, but I've definitely yeah. noticed. Well, it. and I think
1: especially his criticism of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is, I completely agree with that. I don't know if other people do. Um, but, you know, I mean, I, I enjoy Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but I think they just... I think the main problem that I have, at least that I have with it, is that they have so many characters, they've got so many balls in the air at one time, that they really don't do a great job of developing
0: any of their characters, you know? Right, and I guess you could argue it is the true ensemble
1: show. Right, Oh, no, absolutely, But but what suffers with that kind of format is, yeah, you have a lot of characters, but are there really any characters that I really care about, like and i'm not so sure I, I mean i think season one that was true but then they brought in so many more people and it's like i don't know like that i shouldn't say don't care but just like that i'm, I'm really into that i feel like our real people like real characters or just that guy who does that thing you know like Fitz, he'll come in and he'll do science stuff and he'll
0: say something clever and funny and that's like his thing all right well listen speaking of characters taltos checked in via twitter and provided us a link to a website that addresses the Chinese language used and abused on Firefly. And apparently the writing that Anara's is working on in Bushwhack that we talked about last week is relatively meaningless and appears to simply be her practicing her character. So, uh, you know, it certainly reinforces that statement that there's a website for everything. Right. <laughs> and I put a link in the show notes. I-, I was notes.
1: hoping she'd say uh, that she was spelling out like, kiss my ass, Fox, or something like that, you know.
0: <laughs> no i think it, it really is like she's i think i think even it, it seems as if she's just practicing something that like a first grader would practice her like writing a's and cursive
1: and stuff like that yeah.
0: exactly right so uh anyway but uh thanks for the link it it looks great so all right well listen why why don't we get to tonight's topic which is season two episode three of dark angel
1: Oh, no, yeah. all right, I'll soldier through. I'll just make some stuff up. I'm just kidding. I watched it, dude. <laughs> 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 I, I watched the right one. i I'm sorry, I, okay. I didn't think you'd believe me, but then you were like quiet. I'm like, oh, I think he's really believing me.
0: <laughs> Written by Tommy Thompson, directed by Thomas hey, J. Wright, and this, right? yeah, yeah, and Tommy Thompson, quarterback for the Eagles in the uh, wow. 50s uh october 12th 2001 so you know this is one that there really are four distinct storylines going on so we'll kind of touch on each one and they're all pretty equal which is certainly unusual for uh, you know a 42 minute television show but the opening scene we're in this underground fight club cage match style of fighting i'm not up on my you know ultimate fighting is that yeah or what it MMA,
1: was? I guess they call it i'm not really i don't know much about it either but my i actually in my notes wrote was that a thing back then in the early 2000s i and my guess is no yeah, i think it might have been kind of a nascent thing or you know a growing thing i don't know if it was as big then obviously it was nowhere it was as big then as it is now but i remember on friends and i was still watching friends so that's probably pre 2000 Um, John Favreau's character was on Friends for like a season and he was dating Rachel and he left her because he was going to become the Ultimate Fighting champion. So probably like the late 90s is when like that, because I remember that was like the first, I think I'd ever even heard of Ultimate Fighting. So
0: Okay, so then this was, yeah, yeah, this fits. But but actually Um,
1: that scene is almost directly a copy of a very early scene in the first X-Men movie. Uh, When we first see Wolverine, um, he's fighting in a cage just like that. It was almost exactly the same thing. He's fighting a guy much bigger than him. He beats the crap out of the guy. And then the guy like is kind of like takes offense that, you know, there's like no way you could have beaten me, right? Okay.
0: And, and, you know, as the featured match is announced with a $5,000 prize, I think we know it's going to be a manticore kid. And I think in the back of our minds, we think, well, is it going to be Max that's going to kick some guy's ass? But it turns out pretty quickly uh, to be Alec, who, like you said, kicks the bigger guy's ass, who was, I think, announced at six foot 10. Yeah. And he has like 90 (laughs) Uh pounds on him, too. exactly um but after he wins the fight he tells the woman in charge it's his last fight he just needed the money to get a new life and at this point we're wondering well what is that yeah i mean we're kind of surprised he's still around i mean he's he's certainly not as intent as zach was uh, about laying low but still we're wondering what's he going to do with all this money now i don't uh, yeah yeah we don't know because he's yeah, I mean, he's getting ready to leave the locker room, and he gets tased by the two guys in suits. Yeah. A- and we go to, we go to commercial.
1: Um, so what do you think so, of this continuing with the third-person voiceover for the uh, the opening credits?
0: I don't yeah, like it I'm not, still.
1: not not a, not a big fan. I thought it was kind of cool when they did it, like the first one. I just assumed it would go back to what it was before.
0: Which was nothing.
1: Um, right, right. Right, right, exactly. Which is not, just the music, which is a great theme song, or whatever you know, great title sequence song. um Yeah, and and, and title and, sequence right, and the visuals. visuals, right? And now they have the whole voiceover. Um, yeah, don't care for it. So,
0: all right. Well, well, you know, I'll I'll just assign it a letter. The A story revolves around Max and Logan trying to secure a cure for the virus and and this is certainly one of the plot points that you know we'll talk a little bit about tonight that how long are they going to carry this on this you know contrived uh, means of keeping them yeah, well, apart at least so, one more episode well <laughs> so max is at logan's for dinner and she is in an ebullient mood we've really never seen her happier you know as they're talking while he's preparing the mo- the meal Asks her to stir the sauce. She instinctively tastes it, and then he's like, uh. "Dude," <laughs> and then uh, realizes what she did. And you know, it's—is she overreacting?
1: Um,
0: well, that's a that's a good
1: question, and I kind of wondered that myself. I, uh, I, you know, I I have to go with no.
0: Okay, I mean, I, I think at this point she knows what the deal is you know it's like you either have to accept it or not obviously she's mad at herself but you know tells him she's leaving he tries to stop her it's like look we got salad we've got you know wine i can rustle something else up you can even have it still it shouldn't be this difficult Uh i i guess unlike you i do feel she's being a little too sensitive about yeah,
1: it I, I don't know um, i just think that I mean, she literally can kill him with a touch, right?
0: So and 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 then they that little scene where they touch hands through that transparent window or door or whatever it is—that was nice. Yeah, it was. But but, yeah,
1: I don't know. I don't don't think she's because I think I, I I think she's so she's so cognizant of just being in the same room
0: with him is such a risk, you know. Okay, so you don't think it has anything to do with her just being afraid. Well, I think that's point. that is probably the
1: really the underlying motivation behind all of it, right? Okay, and that's what bothers me. Yeah. I guess. But but see, like we don't always we don't always like consciously know those things. Like especially if you have commitment issues, you might not even think you have commitment issues. You just might look back and say, "Well, I've never really been in a steady relationship for very long." You know, but you you wouldn't say it's because of I have some you know basic underground fear of commitment Um, but it would find ways you would you know you would your your unconscious would find ways of of like thwarting your relationships to avoid commitments
0: well that's true well Logan and Max meet with this former manticore lab tech who they're paying to find a cure so as he says the two lovebirds can get back to sucking face and then he brags that he was the one that uh, spliced her dna with the virus so we assume he should be able to come up with this cure but of course uh, you know is he just dragging things out is he really you know th- does the information he turns over to them you know really give them a starting point I don't yeah know.
1: well i mean he he knows the x5s he knows what they're capable of right So I would think he would tend to be not one to mess with them or double cross them because, you know, he would be, man, these, you know, they could really, they could really tear me up if I, if I screw them over, you know.
0: Right. But the the real sticking point is that, as he mentioned, somebody is trying to eliminate everybody that worked at Manticore, which is why he wants to get away so quickly. And we assume it's white that he's referring to. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Unless there's someone else out there, which would be cool. Yep. So we then see Max meet Cindy at the bar and original Cindy mentions that Max should be happier with the news that a cure might be in the offing. We now know the pronunciation. Asha shows up and mentions that she didn't know that Max kicked it here. (laughs) And, you know, it it seems as if she and Max, you know, have certainly at least had some contact because they seem, you know, a little friendly. Towards each other, and and Max, you know, introduces her right away to Cindy. But uh, Sketchy comes over, wants Max to defend Eyes Only's honor because some guy's dissing his reputation. Goes over the story about the facility burning, points out they were creating creatures, some that look like us and some that don't. And, and Max kind of appears hurt when when he refers to them as creatures because, of course, he doesn't know sure. what he's saying, but. I think this was really just an attempt for the writers to to just kind of remind the viewer what the backstory is at this point.
1: Yeah, and to give uh, the Jam Pony crew, which now for the third time really has been a very, very brief moment on screen, right? Sure, um, sure. So this is kind of they're like, okay, let's bring them out for the one scene and then get them out of here, you know, so.
0: Right. And, and, you know, Cindy points out that, you, dude, you're getting your information from a government tabloid. Unfortunately, Joshua's photo is on the cover. And we uh, obviously we we know and we'll talk about this scene in a little bit that that uh, it's when he's trying to find his father right. and, and by going to all the last known addresses. Okay, we're back at Logan's and Max is seeking his help tracking down Joshua before the authorities get to him and he's so not ready to be in the world and of course she blames herself for releasing him which you know to a large extent is true but I mean, what was she going to do? The alternative. Yeah, what was she going to do? Sure. Like, otherwise he would be dead. So um yeah. and and that's one of the things we've learned about Max is she she takes all of this on Absolutely. herself even though she it, it's not right, deserved. Right,
1: she she definitely has a uh an overdeveloped sense of re- responsibility—I guess we call it.
0: Both she and Logan seem shells of themselves as they struggle with being unable to engage in, in you know, in some form of physical human contact. And then, of course, the next thing you know, Alex shows up, taking Zach's place in in that uh, right. regard. Uh, we don't know his intentions at this point. Reluctantly and against Logan's recommendation, she takes Alex to Terminal City. I was a little surprised he'd never heard of it. I mean, we've never heard right. of it, but
1: yeah, we thought he'd be a little bit better informed, right?
0: Right, because that's where she'd go, and it turns out it's an old biotech lab that lost containment and was never cleaned up. So, uh, you know, I don't think we're talking about uh, nuclear waste, but but certainly a lot of toxic chemicals right. and, things and it like was
1: that. You know, a really good you know, kind of remember this is post apocalyptic kind of moment, right? Um Because sure. every now and then we we kind of forget that the outside world is
0: is all you know all messed up. Right, and I can't remember which ones said it that it's a good thing we're inoculated against all this kind of right. stuff. Now, all right. So then, back at Logan's, she notices he sold the Hockney painting to finance the guy who claims he's close to the antidote for Max's virus. Which is,
1: there's there's my he- answer because I, I still was at the beginning of this. I'm so ready. How is he
0: still in this apartment? Where is he getting this money from? Right, and we find out. Yeah, the apartment looks nicer, I think, as each week goes by. But uh, yeah, uh, he hands her a pack of money and tells her that the guy wants her to come by tomorrow. And then she tells him that she really wants this, and, and we assume, you know, them being together. And I think he's certainly uh, questioning it. I mean, her proclivity to running is probably starting to wear on him. And I think she knows this at this point, which is what you know prompts her to say that. And then on the police scanner, they overhear what sounds like a call involving Joshua, right? A, a mad dog, right, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now the B story revolves around Alec trying to buy his freedom by bringing in manticore beings, right? We, we said at the at the end of the cage match, he's in the locker room, he's got his money, he's going to go his way, and he gets tased. And it's these guys that are trying to clean up the manticore mess and they're ready to kill him. But he says, hey, who who better to track down manticore beings than a manticore kid? And, you know, they they buy it and he, you know, he makes the deal.
1: But but they also put the like the little bomb in in, into him right that
0: in the back of his neck. Yeah. The little micro explosive Uh in his barcode or a blow his barcode. And uh told them if he locates and kills three transgenics, he'll disarm it. But the catch is he's got a twenty four hour time limit. Hands him a blade, bring back their barcodes, proof of purchase. Yeah. And was it last week I was talking about how I hate the whole, you know, timer thing? Yeah. Well, that, I don't
1: you know I'm not sure you said it last week, but yeah, you we have both recently have said it numerous times but yeah you have said that recently
0: and uh we certainly totally
1: agree and they and they go they totally went there you know
0: yeah yeah um all right so while alec and max move through the area talk to some of the residents of terminal city you know this older guy claims to have seen some of the more exotic manticore individuals and points them to the sewer i think he said something about a lizard and while down there uh max returns logan's page and turns out his police contact gave him the address for Joshua's break-in somewhere Sector Six, and it turns out to be the home of a Sandeman. And she, you know, fills Alec in that Joshua called him father. They split up. She goes to track down the lead, and we still wonder whether or not Alec is going to try to turn in Max right. at this point right. because he could have. Yeah and, and there's a couple times we thought he would. Uh, obviously the one where he slams the knife down right next to the yeah, head. Yeah, that was blatant. Yeah, cuz
1: he he did already um, get like the the one dog guy, right? Yeah. that uh, yeah. was going to eat a dog. And so right. it's
0: okay to kill him,
1: right? Cuz he's going right. to eat and, a little and dog. And he got
0: the Well, right. Uh, now now he encounters that panther girl like you said preparing to eat the dog belonging to the old man he hears the man calling for his dog and he points the dog in the right direction the two get reunited and he seems to hesitate as he's going to cut the panther's barcode clearly he right. does because there's but- a certain
1: line and, and and you have to stop and say do I cross
0: that line or not and he says i guess we're going to cross it yeah and you know you you talk about crossing that line one down two to go he's only got 8 hours left and he's walking through the homeless people on the street and suddenly a young guy recognizes alex sir are we remobilizing yeah. and he takes that kid yeah come with me snaps his neck takes his barcode but as How it turns he, out did
1: he snap his neck or did he just
0: cuz i I feel like he didn't well, kill that because that was he got in trouble, right? Well, he didn't kill that kid. Well, right, 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 right. He left him outside the hospital, right? So he, I guess what he did was one of those he put him in deals the sleeper. Where, yeah. exactly. Yeah, right. he, no, in this case,
1: sleeper, Dave.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he's back with the Men in Black. Alec asks for more time to get the third, but it turns out, you know, like you said, he didn't kill the boy after all. I was a little surprised that, despite him having done that they were willing to give him another chance. But I guess on the other hand, they're smart enough to know he really is their best chance. Uh, So then he gives Alec the taser, since he recognizes he just doesn't have the stomach to deal with the screams. Two down, one to go. All right. Now, Leidecker, again, You know, I really love the way this Leidecker storyline is going in that it really does seem as if he's on Max's side. Logan kind of buys it. But is still somewhat skeptical, right? Well,
1: as who who wouldn't be, right? They just spent a whole season thinking that Leidiker was the big bad, and trying to get used to him
0: being on your side takes some getting used to. Well, it it does, but again, Logan is privy to all of the you know the details around you know Manticore's crashing down. But he calls Logan with another message for Max. Logan tells him, "Look, I'm done being the middleman unless you read me into the loop." And he tells him that you know they did a DNA assay when she was at Manticore. Something unusual about her genetic makeup that we learned last episode, and it's something that even Leideker didn't know about. So, so he's trying to learn what the significance is. But since he found the report in her in Renfro's briefcase, he figures it's got to be important. Yeah, and you know what kind
1: of. I don't that's not the necessarily the word amazes, but you know, the thing that I kind of always find funny about this is, you know, for so long we thought of Lydecker as the big bad, as the guy in charge. And, you know, we just keep finding out more and more how many people were like his boss, you know, or how much he didn't know about what was going on at Manticore.
0: Yeah, and the interesting thing is though, he always acted as if he was in charge, even when he was around these people that really were in charge right. of him. He didn't care. Right. Well, we find out that the, the RCF, and I learned another way, apparently, to spell demolition. If you notice that, D-E-M-O-L-I-T-I-A-N. I, I didn't notice that. The RCF demolition and disposal, and he's got the ID card with Renfro's name and photo on it, and that's what leads him uh, you know, to this place. And I believe it was Logan that he told, it doesn't seem to exist anywhere you know, that there's no, there are no records revolving around it. And he wants Logan to tell Max that he's looking into it, but Logan tells him he wants Dex help in return, and we're wondering what it is he wants. Right. Is and it- we assume it has something to do with the virus, we would think.
1: Yeah, or, at least we hope, because we really want this yeah. storyline wrapped up. <laughs>
0: yes, so we can move on. Leidecker investigates the RCF demolition and, you know, it seems like it's really run down, uh, but there is one guard who he knocks out pretty easily. Once inside, he finds skeletons of what appear to be small children. And, you know, one of the things in this this season, you know, the whole idea of Sandman, uh, father, I'm special. You know, we learned that Joshua was the first. He doesn't have a barcode. Uh, And now this stuff you know, creepy on the one hand, but really intriguing on the other.
1: Sure. And like, you know, the other guy told him, you know, that, that story about uh, a woman who's forced to have kids over and over again until she has, you know, successfully gave birth to the, the chosen one or whatever, you know, and, and obviously it's there, that's done, I believe in like, a, you know, like as a, as a folk tale, but um, you know, it, it pretty much nails what was going on in Manticore, right?
0: Well, well, right, and now we've got to figure out how that all ties right. in because, you know, like you said, we he finds the skeletons. You know, we see that they are, you know, the skull on one is is deformed, and that comes out in in the legend, uh, but mentions a burial site, a Colombian-Indian burial site from the 1800s. So that's not all that right. long ago. And, you know, this, this 14-year-old boy that they used to breed with, I mean, where did he come from? I mean, it, it seems as if he was the the special one. Mm-hmm. So, you know, alien? Maybe. Yeah, I mean, but but either way, Leidecker sees all of these indications that tie into the Manticore logo. And so clearly there's a connection between this legend, these skeletons, and Manticore. Right.
1: And that's cool. I mean that's that's the kind of stuff I, I really like. Yeah, you know, I like when you have like the mysteries like that and there's there's something going on and we don't know what.
0: That's that's kinda of like why we watch sci fi, right? Exactly. Right. And, and and that's what I said, you know, the way this these storylines are, are, are moving now is really got me interested. So Leideker now is presumably on his way to take the photographs to this expert that he called and he gets run off the road into the water And his vehicle, we see being pulled from the water. It looks like it was burned as well. Uh, Look, obviously we know he survived. We just don't know where he is yet and and whether or not the photographs survive. That just makes him that much more enigmatic. Yes. Um, I'm guessing next week he's going to be calling Logan to come give him a ride. (laughs) Dude, I'm by the water. Bring me a change of clothes. Yeah. I I, I don't think I'm ready to see him on the back of uh, Max's Uh, motorbike. (laughs) But, uh, and then, you know, the fourth storyline focuses on Joshua searching for Sandman. And, you know, the whole search for identity thing, uh, it, you know, obviously is a big part of Dark Angel. You know, we've seen it with Max in a lot of season one. Sure. And you, you really think about it, like
1: her search for her mother, like, which was such a motivating factor for her is kind of like just mm-hmm. uh, back burner type stuff now.
0: Yeah. Now. Now, this story was one of the actual first in the episode. And we, we see this fetish photographer taking shots of a woman cleaning her apartment. Yeah. And I love that she turns on the vacuum. And he reminds her, well, no one's going to hear it. Yeah, but I might as well right. get it done. <laughs> yeah. Well, <we're> it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then she hears something outside. Suddenly Joshua bursts in. Where is he? And he goes from room to room as the woman un- unsuccessfully calls the police. But the photographer snaps a picture. Uh, what were those called? Oh, Polaroids. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's been a while well since we've seen one of those. Yeah, you're not kidding. But now, obviously, there's a record of his existence.
1: But though, you know, um, I think we we went somewhere with like the kids, and they're like, "Get your picture taken like, for five bucks," and then like the guy comes out with one of those, like. Really? <laughs> You're going to take an instant Polaroid? I just paid five bucks for
0: that? Seriously? But, yeah, but you could write something in Marker. Yeah, the, you can. True. We later see that they've tracked Joshua down. Uh, he's being held at gunpoint by this, uh, I don't know, some guy in a beard and a shotgun yeah, the police roll up. So now there's three guns on him. We hear Max's motorcycle come up and she does that thing she's been right. doing of late where she slides in, knocks him yeah. down with her rear be like a rear wheel for that move, you know, There probably yeah. is. Joshua disappears, uh, you know, without her talking to him. Now, Logan pieces together what the problem is and realizes that Joshua is using a pre pulse directory for addresses of Sandman's. Or Sandman's, so he's now got a lead on where he's headed next because he realizes he's just going straight down the list in right. order, and it's just one place left, right? Exactly right. Now, of course, uh, as my
1: mom said, you know, whatever you're
0: looking for, it's always going to be the last place that you look to find it, uh, right? Of course. Now, so Max is going to go look for him. Alex startles her as she's getting on her bike. And it seems he's going to take her in since he's only got one hour left. But then she mentions Joshua. He goes with her because now he thinks I'll get, get Joshua right, instead I don't, I don't of Max. Max, right? Yeah, and, and then obviously that's the question: Would he have gone through? I'm guessing no. That that he, I, I don't know. I mean, of course, he's got the micro explosive in his neck. True. So, but again, that that he had a chance.
1: You know he had Max basically at his mercy, yeah. You know? Right. Yeah, just uh, Which yeah uh, you know, reminds me like so. This is two shows this week. I find where people are just cutting skin off of other people, right? Like defiance. Uh, oh, oh yeah. Oh, right. Gosh, that was right. Doc- That was even worse. You know, like that. But it's so gross. Like that's just really cr- like Alec really is kind of crossed the border there. You know.
0: I was going to say that's crossing yeah. the line, um, but. They go to the address. It's been demolished. She notices Joshua kind of picking through, you know, books and things like that. You know, they hug and now we're still wondering what's Alec going to do. He tases them both ready to take Joshua's barcode, except he doesn't have one. Right. I was first special and says there's no other way. Obviously, he can't do it to Max slams the knife into the ground. And uh, the three of them go to the Manticore lab tech that, that Max is supposed to meet. And, you know, they're hoping, which of course he can, would disarm the micro explosive. But apparently the only number he knows is 10,000. Yeah. A little weasel, you know? Like, why did
1: Max say, listen, how about this? You do it, or I crush you into little pieces
0: and break every bone in your body as you watch. How about that? Yep. Yep. So Alex only got half the money. Gives it to him. This is obviously the the five thousand he got for fighting. Max gives him the money that Logan gave to her for the virus antidote, and of course we get the clock ticking down. Eight, seven, six. I'm like, are you yeah, kidding me? I know. Me? I know. Okay. Okay. And look, I, I really like the episode. I, don't get me wrong, but uh, not yeah. this part. So he gives Max the work he's done to this point. And he really is in a hurry to get out of there. So this guy is really afraid for his life, for sure. But she's now got to find another Manticore tech that can complete the work. And and obviously, he's not the only one that knows they're being hunted down. So obviously, this is going to be something she's going to have. I would think that's going to be one of the major conflicts in the coming sure. weeks. Sure. And
1: you know, just, I just—I mean, I, I, I'm not a shipper, so I'm okay. But you know, there's i i can feel frustration out there as you're just like come on let's you know like
0: what other barriers can you put up between logan and max right right and you know i mean look i mean there have been plenty of shows i mean we talk about castle all the time and it took them like four maybe five seasons to finally get together even though it was clear they both really were into each other but you know, it wasn't contrived. I mean, we we understood from her character that she really had a difficult time because of her mother's death uh, of taking that next step in a relationship. So, so you know, that was a legitimate thing here, uh, and, and it's legitimate that Max was afraid. But now they're just throwing these artificial things right. in here.
1: And well, the other classic, you know, delayed uh, relationship was the Sam and Diane on Cheers, right? But that was almost like there were there weren't barriers put up between them. There were barriers that they were putting between each other, which made sure. it even better, you know, because they they like you know liked each other, but then at some level despised each other because they were so different. And so any time they started to get close to one another, something would happen, and they would push each other away and everything. And so was this whole and even after they
0: got together, they kept that up and everything. Well, right. And, and, you know, along with the show Moonlighting with Bruce uh, Willis, yeah. you know, I mean, there was that whole thought process that if you let them get together, you ruin the show. And that's absurd. But isn't that kind it, of what good happened writing, with Moonlighting? Well, 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 it is, but I attribute that to bad writing. Yeah. I mean, I think Castle is every bit as strong as it was before. Sure. Now that they've been together, they, they're just taking it in a different direction. And good writing can do that. Yeah, no so. question.
1: They, yeah, yeah, no question that uh, Castle has really been able to, um, yeah, to to keep the, the story lively and not make it uh, the, like the what you know what Lang did is like they made it all about the relationship after that, you know, and yeah. that's what killed it. Like Castle has really said, okay, they have this relationship, and occasionally we'll explore that, but for the most part, we're sticking to. They get a case, they go out, they solve it within the 60 minutes, right?
0: Sure. Yep. Yep. So Alec is contrite. I owe you, Max. I know I screwed up. Shut up. Tells him she'll never get over what he did that forces her to make this choice. And, and, you know, as Alec leaves, Joshua consoles her. She wonders how she's going to tell Logan. And, And look, obviously, we know Alec's not gone
1: Right. Yeah. Oh, definitely not. Well, we saw on IMDb how many episodes Jensen Ackles is in. Anyway, so. <laughs> but uh, um, but yeah. But you know what? I think cause he says, "I'm sorry, Max, for everything." You know what? He to me, he really means it. You know, it's like he realizes that Max has really sacrificed a lot. And and uh, I, let's look at Alec from the first moment we've saw we we've seen him. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking. Go ahead. He was like kind of a in it for myself type guy the wheeler dealer you know back in at manticore and everything he was a guy who had like finger in all the pies and has you know never really thought about other people and now he kind of is coming to i think he had like a, a moment of self-revelation here where like oh well i'm i'm kind of like I, i'm responsible for someone else's unhappiness and i'm not really cool with that
0: Right. And what was also fascinating, and I think we said at the time that he doesn't seem to have bought into the manticore line of thinking, sure. you know, that, like you said, he is all about himself. He is, he does have this little business going on and, you know, whether or not they're aware of it, who knows they probably are and let it go for whatever reason, but still, yeah. and we saw that like the previous episode when
1: he's at that hotel and then the kids show up, he's just like, Oh, great. You know, he's like, some people would be like, hey, I need to help these kids. They're in bad
0: shape. He's just like, these kids are totally screwed up what I had going on here. All right. Well, closing scene, Max and Joshua check out the last address, and he recognizes father's books, finds his father's walking stick that's got that manticore logo on the I handle. I thought next he going to find father's porn. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then we get a flashback, and, and here's where I kind of got confused, because at first – I thought it was him, but if it's him as a child, his face no, looks normal. Max. But but well, right. But then it's not the same right, right. actress that played right, child. Because she was Max younger, before.
1: I think. Right? Didn't she look younger?
0: Well, yeah, I think I she guess, looked. But, a little, she was supposed to be an even younger Max. Max, Joshua, and father—that's the plan. He tells her um, so. I guess that flashback. Does she is she remembering contact with father yeah, I, I with Sandman. It's Sandman,
1: right? Yeah, uh, yeah. And, he, and he calls her my little one, my special little one, and, remember, and that was like kind of Leiniker's attitude towards her as well, right? Because right. she's got his ex wife's or his what his dead wife's DNA. She was just I guess the special little one to a bunch of people. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess yep. basically we've all we we've known pretty much even since last season that Max is different even from the other X fives, and that has totally been a big part of the storyline so far this season. Um, that there is something about her that's different from all the other Manticore kids. Like she stands out. She is a singular achievement at Manticore. That in so far this season, it's kind of like along with her, we're trying to find out what that
0: is. Right and the connection is that they're both described as being special. Right. So so you know the lion tells her I'll you know, let's go to find the wizard the wizard can help you and yeah we'll we'll get back on the right track and then uh, as Joshua sleeps Max blows out the candles kisses his forehead just you know, really touching scene, but it, it, it also, even more so than touching, it gives us so much hope that, you know, that there's now two of them that are on this same quest. And then, we, of course, we know that Logan's going to be there to help. And I think Leidecker's going to be there to help. So so the team, it'll be interesting to see how quickly it assembles and, you know, what kind of a role Asha plays, if any.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, oh, I'm sure she, so she's got a role to play. Um, though I think, you know, kind of that role, uh partly, is to be like uh romantic competition. Yeah, I hope it's more than that. Uh, no, I'm but, sure it will be, but I think that is yeah. part of it, um, I think. But I've gone yeah. on about that. So I just, I, well, I like she,
0: the... Uh, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, because we know that she likes Logan. Right, 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 right. Yeah. I mean, come on, she didn't have to leave her guns there sure, in that episode. she didn't have to, but That's right, a so, stanza. Uh, All right, so obviously one of the questions is father still alive i think we have to assume the answer is yes right right of course will the search for sandman and leidecker's investigation into rcf intersect soon i mean i think we know they're going to intersect it's just a question of how soon and and hopefully it's not something that they had planned for season will it intersect with the search for spock (laughs) <laughs> right, Uh So is there a connection between this Indian myth and Manticore? Oh, but of course. Who's behind the Manticore cleanup project? I mean, is it the government? Is it the NSA, if the NSA even still exists? Janitorial uh, staff. The Army. Um, and then what would have been the purpose of developing the Panther Girl? I mean, we got the one, the, the, the being from uh, last time that, that would right. operate in the right. desert.
1: You but, just get a feeling that the people at Manicore just at some point started smoking a lot of weed, and they're just like, uh, "All right, dude, here's what we're doing tomorrow. Really cool."
0: But you know, I mean, pretty good episode. I mean, obviously, it had a few little flaws. You know, like the the countdown really kind of bothered me. You know, the fact that it, the the contrived way that they're keeping them apart is, is bugging me a little bit but everything else was 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 so strong i mean you know b plus for me uh maybe a minus i i really like uh, this one
1: i didn't care for it that much honestly but uh okay. i i okay. give it a b minus c plus i think okay but uh but that's just me Yeah, you know, i i i, I I, I, I can see intellectually that, that there was a lot of good stuff going on. I guess what I thought, I think it kind of this. what I said with um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I think they were maybe trying to do like too much and covering too many stories at once instead of just following one strong story arc. But, you know, otherwise, hey, Jensen Ackles was in it. I'm good with that.
0: Yeah, I mean, what the heck? You think you're Game of Thrones or something? Yeah, um, yeah.
1: About storylines, right, but right, uh, but I don't know. It's yeah, yeah. You got a good point there. I can't argue with that.
0: All right, now one one last thing I want to mention uh, before we you know close this out. Obviously, people know we're teachers. Uh, I've had my students doing podcasts of genre television shows, and I, I got a couple that I think are pretty good. And what I'm going to do is post them as Take Five episodes, so they're a little longer than than Take Five. They're about you know. Th- Twelve to fifteen minutes long, but I, I hope the listeners find it interesting. I mean, because hey, this is this is the future of podcasting. I mean, I, I think some of these kids, if they choose, really would would do a a, a really fine job. So look for a couple of these or in the upcoming. Hopefully,
1: weeks. they'll be actually productive citizens of the society instead. Yeah, that too. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, well, listen, we want to thank you guys for joining us tonight. We'd love to hear from you about Dark Angel. Firefly, or anything else you think we should be watching. Also, like to encourage you to join the Facebook group. And if you're already a member, spread the word. Emails to SciFiTVRewatch TV rewatch at gmail.com or voicemails via SpeakPipe, which you can access through the website. And we'll be back next week with episode four of Firefly entitled Shindig. Oh, but Shindig. Until then. Okay, so, well, so, you know, really,
1: Michael has kind of really started this whole podcasting thing, Dave. You know, he's kind of like, with continuum and everything, like he really got the ball rolling on this and you know he made us and he'll make you better.